The Meet for TCAS is brought to you in part by SoneLab, a recording studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Offering recording, mixing, and mastering of all styles of music, we even master podcasts. Email info at sonelab.com for more information. That's info at sonelab.com. That's the record button. Have we started? We have started. So, this is the Meet for TCAST. You might always start like that. Who knows? Hello. Hello. This is Elizabeth McDuffie. This is Mark Allen Miller. We do not have coronavirus. We have seasonal allergies. My eyes, they itch. Spring has sprung. Hooray. Yes, at least there's that. And we've had some warm days, which have been very nice. And speaking of hooray, this is episode 11 of the Meat for Tea cast. And in this age of corona, or the age of the virus, if you want to sing it along to that <laughs> song from Hair, which can be entertaining, we're continuing our Purple Flame talks with Purple Flame members because this is a fundraising effort we very much believe in and we're members of as well full disclosure if you don't know what we're talking about go back and listen to the prior episode where we talked with josh and jason who are the founders of purple flame and catch up on what we were talking about with them it was a very interesting conversation with a lot of forward-looking post-corona ideas in it and our conversation with well this conversation is with jean-pierre Bosch of big red frame and a lucy gallery which for the time being is the decontamination gallery yeah you'll learn about that if you keep listening please and now we've got you entirely intrigued <laughs> we hope so and Along with Jean-Pierre, we are talking with Vincent Corsello of Corsello's Butcheria. And we also had very forward-looking thoughts from them as well. So that's what we're all about this episode. We have music. Yeah. We are still trying to feature, despite our taking a tangent into the corona situation that we are all experiencing. We are still trying to feature works and recordings from Meat for Tea Cirques, which actually more than ever are important because nobody can come to them. We're not going to be having one this June. We have to postpone, which is logical. Disappointing. We're going to have some excellent bands, Original Cowards and Toxic Friends, but Hopefully we can do this all in September. That's the plan, at least. Possibly with a very special expanded issue of the magazine. Probably. That's what we're planning on. But uh, for this episode, at the end of our conversation with Jean-Pierre and Vincent, we have a recording from the December 14th Cirque. Cirque de Noël. Featuring Matt Silverstein and his band, December December Boy. Boy. And that was on December 14th, which was a really good, really well attended. It's interesting to think of so many people packed into a space these days. There were so many people. And, you know, I think it was Matt's birthday that day, too. It was Matt's birthday. 
Yeah, so December Boy himself had his December Boy birthday. And so shout outs to Matt, and please stay tuned and listen to some music from him. But please enjoy the conversation with Vincent and Jean-Pierre. Yes, the, the vegetarian and the butcher. <laughs> see, see, now you, you have to listen to find out what that means. How are you? Yeah, okay. Do we have Vincent with us too? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Vincent. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Oh, good. Is that what we're all saying now that the world has gone completely sideways? So we're just we're just gonna stick to good. <laughs> Do you want the truth? <laughs> well, the, you know, the, the the general convention is when you you know you run into somebody. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. You know, it, we don't get into the the nitty gritty, so to <laughs> yeah, speak. I think, I think now it's like. It's, there's the parentheses around the question. How are you doing, all things considered? Well, and of course, yeah. there's there's a whole thing that, that has made us decide to do this special series of talks for the Meat for Tea cast, which is the Purple Flame East Hampton small business fundraising effort, of which we are members and of which you guys are members, too. Yes. Even though I haven't done much on that side. Part, part of this is, is doing something with that. Yeah, this is doing something. Just talking about right, why you're involved with it and talk about your businesses and how you're adjusting and coping in this age of corona. The age of corona. <laughs> this is the dawning of the age of, of the virus. Age <laughs> of the of virus. Oh, it will be before Corona and after Corona. That yeah. BC is already taken. Yeah, BC is already taken. So, um, you want to tell us just talk a little bit about Big Red Frame and a Lucy Gallery. And Corsella's yes. Butcheria. So Big Red Frame, we closed about three weeks ago now already before before the the, the announcement by the by Governor Baker, um, just because we wanted to be as cautious as possible. Good um, for you. So we've been working, fortunately, and I say fortunately, we were like three to four weeks behind in orders. Um, so we're actually just finishing this this week. We're finishing all the orders that we had prior to this closure. Um, so I'm not looking forward to next week because there will be nothing to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so that was an opportunity to sort of catch up with things, which is, I guess, we always look at the little blessings we get. That was the the only positive thing about this whole. Yeah, cause so you can't Nightmare. you can't really you can't really take in any new work because the public isn't allowed into the building, basically, right? Well, we are taking new work. Um, we came up with a procedure. Um, either I go to people's house and we meet on the porch, no ten feet from each other, and you know, we discuss their their needs, and I take the artwork 
in the gallery, which I renamed the Decontamination Gallery. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Uh, I leave that artwork for two days without you no know, touching it um, to make sure there is you no know, everything dies. Yeah, Good yeah. safety protocol. And more than if, you know, if it's paper or if it's um, canvas or anything like this, you no know, two days is I, typically it's um, 24 hours, but we, we do 48 hours. And then um, I do um, a research about you no know, based on the conversation that we had about what would work and then I sent pictures via email and then we have a conversation over the phone and we proceed from there and when the orders are completed they go back into the decontamination gallery for another two days before we call the customer and let them know that they're order ready so either we deliver or we meet in front of the building so there is there is maybe a no we, we have maybe 20% of what we normally have at this time of the year yeah. uh, in terms of orders, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking at that, that, that kind of factor as well. The, I, you know, because I'm still able to do work, but in a similar way, it has to be kind of in a remote context. Um, and yeah, it's like 20% or something. It's, it's really... But it's something. That's why I keep looking at the positive is that I have had something to do yes. at the studio pretty much every day. In fact, I've been going in seven days a week just because I want to have anything that is coming in. I want to be on top of it, turning it around as quickly as possible uh, and being there for the people who want me to be there. Right. So even though it's not much, it's 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 my, you know, my way of trying to just be as efficient and available for people as I can be, even though they physically can't come in. I had one client come in and we did an exchange where he brought in cassettes for me to digitize. Mm -hmm. And I did a similar thing. I, I had him come in and put them just inside our door on a table right next to the door. And I was standing 10 feet away from him. And I have let those cassettes sit there for several days now. And I'm, I'm not going to actually even try to get to them for another couple of days, but I figured he came in with gloves and a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, he works in the medical profession anyway. He knows he knows the drill. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to let those sit. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that, that's the thing. You never know. You know, you don't know. Yeah. So we have to assume that everything we touch has been contaminated. And then you, know, mm -hmm. and you work from there. Oh, I wash my hands all, all the time. So yeah. Vincent, let's 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 hop over and get a little. A little initial thoughts from you on um, what's changed and how you've been able to, uh, first of all, how, like we just did, how, how are you able to adapt and, and keep operating in some capacity? Well, I've been, um, uh, I've been fortunate enough to actually have um, a little uptick in my business because, um, you know, as a butcher shop, um, I have not had to close because I'm an essential service. Mm -hmm. um, and as it turns out, a lot of people who were buying their food, uh, you know, not so locally have, uh, you know, don't want to be in the BJ's and the Costco's and mm -hmm. the oh, general sure. grocery stores. Right. So they've been interested in, um, in my shop, um, which has been, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to, uh, and I'm 
I'm uh, grateful that uh, that that it's gone that way. Um, we, you know, we we kind of straddle be, be, between like a restaurant and a grocery store in the sense of like we've had to, you know, we moved all the tables and chairs out of there and um, people uh, aren't so much, you know, getting kind of ready to eat food. Um, we have some rotisserie chickens, so we've seen a little bit more of that and, and we have lasagna and people are buying that up. And so the things that we've always had have, you know, started to go a little faster or people are a little more aware of them. But one of the biggest changes we've made, um, is that I've always wanted to do a little more kind of online, um, sales as well as what they call, uh, what I call meat shares. And so this is where like a person gets once a week or once a month or something like this, a, a certain like a certain amount of meat, you know, beef, mm -hmm. pork and chicken. That's what we have. We, we have, exactly. we're picking one up this weekend. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And excited so excited about that, by the way. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it was something that a lot of people kind of asked about or, or were interested in. Um, and we were planning on launching this kind of, you know, also with CSAs or, or, you know, kind of through a community, some kind of, kind of an, as an add-on type of thing for, for vegetable shares. And, Very cool. um, this, you know, this uh, crisis or whatever we want to call it has, um, had made that like doubly important to do. And so I just kind of just did it. Mm -hmm. And so, I made it available online and I just ordered more, um, animals and, uh, it's been, it's not been easy to kind of keep up with it where our original intention was to kind of have this meat all kind of processed and frozen. And then the packets would be just like someone would say, can I get one of those? And we say, sure. And then we'd give it to them. You know, we pull it out of the freezer. Now we have sure. to, we're at the point right now where we're really a week out. And so we, um, that morning before the pickup, we, we kind of assemble them, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, it's a little bit, um, hectic and stressful. And, and we have, uh, today we had one and, uh, we were, you know, we were way behind, but we managed that nobody had to wait for it. <laughs> so that's a good news. Right. And only yes. one person had, I transposed like one person got a 20 pound and one person got a 10 pound and we, we had kind of given them a 20. And so we had to adjust for that. Um, but overall it's, it's gone pretty well. And so, um, I knew that these would be useful or it would be a good revenue stream and they're ever more, right now, you know, in this time where people, mm -hmm. they really want to just go, they don't want to shop. They want to just be giving something that they can do. And they got the time right now so that they can, they can go home and figure out what to do with the meat. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And, well, I'm excited and, to figure out what to do with ours. <laughs> tell you yeah. that. I'll be posting recipes. I kind of like that the, there's a, a certain element of surprise too. We're, we're going to be getting stuff. We know it, it's all going to be good and all stuff that we'll, we'll want. But I do like the, uh, like, oh, you're going to have this, this, and this. It's sort of like going to a farm share where it's like, what's there? Okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's true kind of like what's in season or what's fresh or what's available, uh, you know, that a whole animal kind of insists upon. And so this is, 
this fits very well with my vision, my original vision of opening up my shop was was based on my experience in Italy of of like you would kind of just go to the butcher and and l- see what was available, right? And then like you might have an idea of something you wanted to make, but really they even though they have they have names for all the pieces as well of or all the muscles, but it's kind of more of a, like you go to the butcher and you say, I want to make cutlets today. And so they'll give you, um, whatever piece of meat and they'll process that piece of meat, you know, so that you can just make cutlets. Right. Right. Whereas here, the recipes are a little more oriented towards take a flank steak and do this with it. And, and what I know as a butcher and what, um, a lot of Italians understand is that like, there's, there's basically three categories of meat. Right. And then you go from there. So, um, I know that I could make, if I wanted to make a beef cutlet, there's any number of cuts I could use. Right. Um, and so that's, that's what a fun thing about the, the kind of the, the share, the meat share is, is that like, if you end up with a, with short ribs and that's what you want, awesome. But if you end up with a shank, well, you can pretty much make a very similar dish. Yeah, um, totally. You know, with, with either or, right. Well, this 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 goes to to something that that um, our prior conversation with um, with Josh and Jason from Pur- uh, Purple Flame was that through all of this and all of the adaptations that we're we're having to make is we're coming up with new and creative ways of doing things that benefit our businesses and benefit the community and that they may. Uh, stick with us after all, all this is done. Too. Oh, I think so. I think we're going to have a whole changed. Uh, those of us that are thinking anyway are going to have a whole changed creative economy that we've we've made together. Right. I hope so. I hope so too, and I'm I'm working for that. I hope so. I hope people will remember who was at their service. You no, know, who was like Vincent? You know. Uh, um, I hope people will remember that when when it's safe to go to the big stores again. I hope so too. And circling back to you, Jean Pierre, you talk about the um, the freshly renamed contamination gallery, as it were. Decontamination. <laughs> I'm sorry. The decontamination. I will say that properly one more time, <laughs> and Mark will edit out that first snafu. Um, so after. All of this is over. I'm optimistically thinking it will be over and this just won't end like a Cormac McCarthy novel or Tank Girl or something. (laughs) (laughs) But um, do you think you'll have a special decontamination art show? I am totally thinking about um, maybe a year from now, like March of next year assuming everything is back to normal, a, an, an exhibit of artwork that was created during the, the quarantine. Fantastic. So, yeah, I'll be actually sending a, a call out now so people will, uh, if they haven't done anything yet, they can still do something. Well, this, and it will this be, is a call out right now. This is a call out right now. Everyone that's listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're making art, right? Because you've got more time on your hands. Although I don't have more time on my hands, but meat for tea keeps on 
being the same, although I have fears about how I'm going to print the next issue because all of my advertisers have been sort of hard hit. Yes, across. Mm -hmm. it's it's true across the media world. Yes. We'll do something. We'll cross that bridge. We'll figure something out. We may not we may not be able to print enough to, to sell them beyond um, making sure that our contributors get and their copies and subscribers. Yeah, the, the copies we are committed to having. Uh, we'll figure that out, but it may be limited to that. And sadly, we'll be relegated to more of an online you well, know, anyone that's listening, if you're wondering about reasons why you would want to make a donation to Purple Flame, we've got Meat for Tea, we've got Big Red Frame, and Corsella's Butcheria and Sound Lab, all providing you with some compelling reasons. <laughs> and and everybody involved. I mean, the, the, the lovely thing that our conversation um, last time with Josh and Jason was also is talking about our thoughts on how we as businesses in the same town and in the same region are all kind of interdependent. That is our, our, our audiences, if you will, um, will cross paths. You know, they, they will go from one place to another. They might come to town to, you know, get a piece of art framed and then go get lunch mm -hmm. or, or dinner, or they will come to, to your shop, Vincent, and, and grab food for dinner. And then they may also, you know, hit Platypus Records on the way, like, oh, there's a record store. And I wanted to um, hear if, if uh, both of you have any, any, th any thoughts that you could elaborate on what you've seen in terms of the interconnective nature of East Hampton, and this applies to any region, of course, but we are talking about a regional thing, uh, how, it, how it applies to interconnected businesses in our area, or how it, our businesses are interconnected, I should mm. say. Well, it's a, it's a very small community when you think about it, no, compared to bigger cities. And um, what, I, what I see is that practically everybody has been affected. So, um, it's 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 kind of um, difficult to 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 go out and and sort of ask for help, for example, because you're asking people who may also need help. Um, yeah, that's not really answering your question, but that's a thought that I've had um, because it's such a, a small and tight knit community, and mm. everybody's willing to help their neighbor, but they don't necessarily can at this point yeah I, i've certainly i've certainly experienced that in both directions i've wanted to help more um but at the same time you know i'm i'm working a fraction of what i normally do uh and then I'll, in turn i've had people reach out to me and say you know i'd love to have you mix this record that i recorded i've been recording in my house but i can't really afford to do more than x and you know, what can we do? And, and I've been trying to be as, first of all, as efficient with my, my time with them as possible. But also, you know, if I worked an hour and, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, I'm calling it an hour. You know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. trying to be a little forgiving because I, I understand that people are, you know, we're all in the same situation of like, okay. I mean, I'm really... I'm really heartened to hear and, and not really surprised that you, Vincent, are doing well because, yes, 
food is an essential service. It is mm. crucial. You know, it's, it's really lovely that there are some people who are at least not going to have to worry about that specifically, although it does change the nature of how you do that. Yeah, well, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, um, I have a lot to say or a lot of experience, at least in, in particularly in the short term on this whole, um, you know, businesses supporting one another, um, particularly in the realm of like, I, you know, I get it that, you know, even, even if I'm doing well as a small business, um, it doesn't mean I'm flush with cash, right? Oh, um, of course. It just really usually means that I don't have to take out another loan or I don't have to, um, or I can make, uh, make payments <laughs> to, to loans yes. that I have or lines of credit. Um, and so I, I just would invite everyone to, to think a little bit outside of that. I mean, I mean, I know we're in business and the business of business is business, right? But there's, there's this idea of like a, a social capital. And even if, um, you know, we're all kind of in a financial, you know, it's not just financial where we can support each other. And it's not just in order to, you know, get through the next week, or, or month that we can, you know, support each other. Uh, it becomes, you know, like we grow and we, um, we expand and we, you know, uh, we change together. And I, I, mm -hmm. I, I had the fortunate, um, down in, uh, I got introduced b via a, a farmer who approached me, who was a guy who's, who's raising pigs down in, uh, near Hamden, uh, Massachusetts. And he introduced me to these guys over at, have you ever heard of Gasoline Alley in Springfield? No. Well, so any, yes, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank as to why. Yeah. So they, they, you know, aside from being like place where they store <laughs> gasoline and petroleum, um, it, it, there's a, there's a little group there of, of the, um, a couple guys, Joe and Jack are kind of the owners and they've been there a while. They, they had, there's a, there's a, there's a salon there. Um, I think one of the one of the state reps uh, actually had an office there. They're going to open up a cannabis um, thing. The cops, the Springfield cops, have their own little like private bar there. Um, <laughs> wow. And then there's a group called Monsoon, who has a um, um, a coffee shop. And so Tim and Andrea own this, and they started out by roasting coffee and then delivering it to homes, right? And so I got connected with them, and we've been looking to find some synergy. And I've started using his coffee. He helped me develop a blend that I, you know, that I call the Corsello blend. That was what I what I experienced in Italy. And so we did this all kind of before, nice. but at this point now, he and his 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 wife works for the Chamber of Commerce, uh, Andrea, and then he. Um, anyway, the, the point being is that he, he talks about this social capital and he talked about it long before kind of we needed it, right. Or became, ever mm. became, it became more of an esoteric, it was an esoteric thing. Now it's a, like a real practical thing. Right. And, and so I would love to see more of that. And, and I think we have a fair amount of it in East Hampton. Um, I just, you know, like, I know we're going through their day-to-day business, and so it's hard to kind of connect. But at this moment, um, for instance, you know, let's just take the example of us three, right? We can, we can um, with our extra time, or at least some of us with extra time, I don't have a lot of extra time, but, um, <laughs> you know, we can, 
we can partner in ways that aren't necessarily going to make us money today, right? But we can, you know, like like this, like what we're doing here, right? Um, and it's not necessarily a financial support, but it's something, I don't know, like like we come up with new and exciting things. That This is a perfect example of it, right? What we're doing right now. Um, and, yes. and we can expand from this, right? Because, you know, our three businesses, they may or may not have some real obvious overlap. Four, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, really. four. Yes, Meat. of course, of course. Um, <laughs> okay. Meat for tea does, does a little something, something. <laughs> well, I was, actually, I wasn't, I wasn't counting Mark's business, but in any case. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm just, oh. I'm just kidding, Mark. Oh. Um, the feminist in me is gratified. <laughs> no, no, I, I was just thinking there's, yeah, anyway, the four businesses. I mean, obviously, Elizabeth and I have had a synergy that Elizabeth has cultivated and, and helped to create, right? And um, Well, and thank you very much for, because when I was making my own charcuterie plate and crudite and bread and everything for the circuit, it was a bit much. Right. So it's. Really nice to right, and these are little things that, like, in the end, like, they may or may not like have a tangible like results, but they they do create a connection. Well, and Big Red Frame also has been a big supporter of Meat for Tea and is one of the local businesses that makes it possible for me to stay in print. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for my local advertisers, mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. So there's a very strong sense of. And a very strong in this community, maybe more so than other places, mm -hmm. that we're really all in this together. We get how much we need each mm -hmm. other. Fantastic. Yes, I agree. And it's also partly because we actually also live where we work. I mean, you know, even Holyoke is it's, it's close enough. Close enough. We, we still we are. We are all interconnected also not just through the business but through daily life you know, we right. see each other on the street uh, not much these days but you know, <laughs> yeah. i haven't left the house since march we, 8th. we go to listen to the same music and things like that so um it goes beyond business it's it's a social network that is important yes there's a big overlap and you know i did an art walk event at corsello's Cold Cuts and Cool Cats. I yeah, that was fantastic. And if we actually weren't in a sandbox, it would have been even more fun and more successful. Although I thought that added an extra layer of... It was rough and ready, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I thought that kind of amped up the coolness I, I, in a way. I agree but, with you, but it's just like, you know, people just want to be on a sidewalk as opposed to a sandbox, right? It's so we would have... I just... You know, it, it was construction. It was done. under construction. That construction really, like, I really got hit hard that summer. Um, you know, nobody wanted to be on Cottage Street that that summer. Oh gosh, uh, yes, that. I remember how that looked. In any case, like, so yeah, so we do have it right, and we got it going on. And um, I'd I'd love to mention something I'm really excited about to mention about how I I'm. I'm wanting to do a small part uh, in supporting uh, particularly people who maybe aren't, uh, you know, don't have a lot of income right now. Um, so I had this idea to kind of just do it for the community and then Purple Flame kind of was conceived and I thought, oh, well, this is a perfect in. So 
Mm. I got myself, uh, I talked to my farmer, Josh Porter, from Porter Family Farm. I get a lot of my beef from him and some of my pigs from him. And um, he's he's fantastic. He's a, you know, he's like a full-on integrated farmer, right? He's He doesn't specialize in like beef or what. I mean, his beef are, is fabulous and he does a great job, but he also has pigs. He's got a real barnyard, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Um, where is he? He's in Ashfield. Oh. And uh, so I mentioned to him, I said, look, I, I'd like to give something back, at, at least in a way that I can. And uh, I said, do you have an animal that I could use to, you know, essentially use for grinding, right? Um, a lot of farmers, they, they end up with an animal that they don't necessarily want to invest in 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 feeding to, to, to become a finished, you know, like animal that, that becomes butchered. Right. Oh, okay. And so they'll, they'll, they'll sell it to another farmer who might, or they might sell it at an auction or something like that. Anyway, he says, yeah, I have something for you. So, um, and he's given me a good, you know, he's, he's, he's given some, right. Not just sold it at a fair market price. Right. Like he's, he's contributed mm. and, I have this animal and so I went to the slaughterhouse and they they found a slot for me and they so I'm going to get this animal delivered on Friday and we're going to grind it up and we're going to give away this burger to people who 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 need it or want it right wow that's great and so, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a drop in the hat, but it's it's something. Um it's, you know, every it's, little bit though. It's going to be a fair amount of work on our part. Um but, you know, like I've just felt like in this time of of uh if I have the means, then I'll do it. And so I spoke with I, I don't know if anybody knows Robin over at um the community center, uh, East Hampton Community yes. Center. Um so she she does she distributes a ton of food and and there's a lot of uh, you know believe it or not even in in the normal times there's there's business owners who go to her to you know because you know they had to pay the rent and they can't go grocery shopping right but in any case uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna set up like a like a I don't want to call it a special day but a, an, another day or a few days where we're going to put together a little package for somebody or for people who, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, they want it. Right. So, yeah. Like a, like a, either, you know, pay what you can. And if you can't pay, that's fine. Yeah, no, well, it won't be pay. You won't have to pay. It's, you know, and, and oh, and, so even, and, yeah, even more. Yeah, just, there's, just, and there's no questions asked. That's great. It's, it's really like, um, you know, like, we're, we're, she was talking about, she said she has a fair amount of bread or, um, you know, and maybe some pasta sauce, although I hate jarred pasta sauce, so maybe I'll just make it. But uh, <laughs> in any case. I, I, I won't do jarred pasta <laughs> sauce. I'm with you on that. It's way too easy to make it from scratch. I Come on, no, I know, yeah. I know. It's just a function of like whatever they have or, or – but – in any case, like a little care package. And so folks, um, you know, business owners and business um, and employees alike, you know, uh, who have been impacted can go and pick up a meal um, with some really fantastic, high quality, local <laughs> grass fed beef. Right. Beautiful. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. And we'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back. 
I wanted to jump in real quick for the listeners and um, just point out a couple things. Uh, one which was was already actually mentioned was that that both Big Red Frame and Corsella Butcheria are supporters of, of Meat for Tea, which is uh, something we're very grateful for. But we've also been involved in various projects together, like that Cold Cuts and Cool Cats thing and... You know, or exhibiting art at the Pas de Deux exhibit, Yes, Mark. yes. And actually, Elizabeth, sorry, um, um, Mark, to interrupt, but that's okay. I may forget later. Um, we could actually do something in common of that decontamination uh, gallery show next year uh, with Meat for Tea, because you could collect text um, that people have written during this time. Which is coming in to my submission box right now as we speak, actually. And wait till you see the front cover I'm thinking of using. it. It's just perfect for this um, moment in time. It is. I think this is excellent. This is an excellent idea indeed. Is, is let's, let's figure out, and we won't do it right this moment, but let's figure out a way of collaborating on that. Um, the other thing I just wanted to point out is that, that Yes, well, well, there was a mention of the three of us. I want to explain to the listeners that right now, all three of us, all four of us, <laughs> listen to me, all four of us are all staring at our computer screens as we converse using a you know a remote recording system. We're all separated by a fair distance, except for Mark and I, because we figure we share enough microbes <laughs> that what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, but therefore, we're all staring at the three tracks of our three individual computers being recorded in real time. So the, It's fascinating. It's, it's cool, right? But yes, it is Elizabeth and I together on one machine and then each of you on your own in three different locations. So there's the reason why, dear listeners, that the number three was there. Anyway, I digress. And that makes perfect sense. I, I just want to go back to um, something that's interesting to me. Um, we're all members of Purple Flame, so I, I'd love to talk a bit about what inspired you guys to join up with Purple Flame. What about it that, that appeals to you, that attracted you? And then after that, I'd like to talk about that we have something interesting. Um, Vincent, I'm assuming your business is still considered to be an essential business. Yes. And JP, yours is not. Well, is of course, correct? it's not essential, although, no, on a personal level, I consider it extremely essential. It's my livelihood. And, um, yes. But I understand and I respect the, the, the orders. No, so. Um, and I think art is essential as well. Oh, art is so... Uh, see, I could go on and on about how the things that are being deemed non-essential are the very things that make us human. Mm -hmm. Don't even... You don't want to get me started on that rant because mm -hmm. I have a good half hour of that in me probably. <laughs> but um, by, the, by the legal definition, essential and non-essential. So that affects how you're both being hit by this age of Corona and, and differently, I would assume. Is that, is that right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I am not allowed to have anybody in the building, um, including workers. So Rachel cannot work for me at this point. Love Rachel. And I love Rachel also. And she's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard for, her um, 
I'm keeping her on the payroll as long as I can. That's wonderful of you. Um, she filed for unemployment, and I will. I don't know exactly how we're going to work this out, but um, I don't want her to disappear. I want her to to be part of Big Red Frame like she has been for the last five years. Definitely, and Mark's business is also one of the you know because who needs music, right? Yeah. Also, one of the non-essentials so if it weren't for remote things like mastering and mixing you certainly can't have bands in the studio playing music and it's been real quiet at our building recording it's sad too because um we had the circ what an unthinkable thing that as recently as march 7th i know we had art walk the day before or what i know isn't that just wild? And it was the beginning because uh, you know, everybody was aware we were we were not shaking hands at that art walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were we were co-mingling just like a normal art walk. It was really just no hugs. And I, no I, I believe I exchanged at least one hug at the Cirque. Uh, one of the band bands um, was Dan Whitley and the Desperados and... Dan Whitley was my very first real boyfriend from when I was 17. So. Yeah, I, hu- I hugged him too. But it's just weird <laughs> to think that we were when people asked us how it went, we're like, well, we wish it were better attended. And now I look back at that thinking, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we wished we put more people into his face. Did we? Yes. Did we really? It's amazing that it's only a month ago, really. It's crazy. It's so wild. It's so wild. It's like. Everything got turned upside down. I read to my little grandsons over Zoom mm. a couple of times a week. We read them. It's National Poetry Month, so now I'm reading them Shel Silverstein poems to help in the warping of their minds, for which I believe I'm responsible. Good. <laughs> well, you know, it's a good deed. I'll, I'm happy to do it. So um, let's talk about that a little bit, guys. Purple Flame, what attracted you to it? Why, why are you like Meat for Tea and Sewn Lab, getting behind it? Well, for me, um, like I had mentioned earlier, this idea of like a social capital. Yes. And an idea of, um, you know, even if it sometimes seems a little bit of a kind of a – kind of a pie in the sky that, that we are all connected, right? And um, – you know, it's not all about dollars and cents. Mm-mm. And so, um, yeah, like it just, it just, I'm glad that somebody took, um, took the initiative to, to create such a thing. Right. Um, Thanks Josh and yeah. Jason. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Love thank you. Guys. And congratulations <laughs> on that um, for being leaders in, in the community. Um, yeah. So when I saw it and, and he said, Hey, do you want to be part of this? Like, why wouldn't I? Exactly. That's how I felt too. What? I guess um, I, I appreciate that you asked, but you didn't have to ask. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just seems incredible. I mean, I like. I, I think JP mentioned this uh, um, at the beginning that like hadn't felt like he had really participated in. Um, and I feel the same way that I hadn't, I haven't really kind of engaged that much. I'm not really sure how to engage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and, but I guess that these kind of things, they kind of just happen, right? Like, like 
the intention is what creates the reality, right? And so, yeah, there's mm-hmm. this opportunity, you know, like I said about the, with the, with the ground beef, um, you know, that is, um, you know, that, that was, that came as soon as I got his message from him, I was like, oh yeah. And, and I can, I can, I can support this way, you know, at least to start. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Very thrilled about it. And, uh, you know, it goes back to our conversation too, about like, is this gonna, is this event going to change us all? And I think it will. It has right. to. It has I think to. it will. How will we be unchanged yeah. by, we're, we're living through history, through a, a very real, this, this will be in our grandchildren's and great-grandchildren's history books. They'll be reading about this. I agree. And it's, you know, it's worldwide. So, no, I think there is going to be a, a big awakening. No, I mean, I'm talking about meat, and I know I, I, I learned during this that our chicken is being sent to China to be processed, to be sent back to the States to be eaten. You know, some things like this are totally absurd. Of course, not your, that not is your chicken. Absurd. Yeah, no, I know exactly about that, and I knew about it. Uh, it was it, the USDA approved that process about a year ago, if not a year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, it's very recent. Yeah, and and it's it's yeah it 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 doesn't even see when I mention that to people, they go, "How could that be?" You know, that doesn't even seem economically feasible. But um, it isn't economically it, wise. But. Well, what it is 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 it it shows that um, you know, like there's a social justice element to food, right? And there's this, you know, and it's not all black and white, right? Like on the one hand, you know, some people, they need cheap food, right? In order to survive, right? On the other hand, um, do they need cheap food because they're not getting paid enough to buy good food? And, And so where is this, where is this whole thing going, right? Like, so we don't, we can't, Mm we, we, it's cheaper to process food in China than to have it done here and to ship it with all this petroleum and stuff like that. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we don't, uh, we don't value our, um, you know, our food service people. Right. And it also tells you that, um, the people that are processing it in China probably aren't being paid a fair wage. Right. So, you know, the, the, the cheapness, anytime something is, so inexpensive, it seems too good to be true. You can look at the end of the chain and see someone who's really getting massively screwed over. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And an unsustainable yeah. aspect to it, right? Which is, i.e., all the petroleum used to to keep this refrigerated, uh, to keep this moving, <laughs> right? And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not – and it doesn't fit, right? That's why I love to shop my locals. You know, the good news is that it opens up people's eyes to some of this stuff, right? Um, And in in a very practical way, too. Like I said, I mean, people – I had someone call and said – she said, I want to come to you. I want to buy my meat from you because um, this was before – and nothing against these other businesses. They're local businesses and and their business models are are just different. They're not, you know – they're not whatever, Fair enough. but Tactful, they're, but you know, like the, the, you, the, they were like, I don't want to go to that place and buy it, uh, with all those people w- walking around, you know what I mean? And, um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's just, uh, I think there's an awareness happening, right? Uh, an awakening. I hope for a, a, I hope for a larger percentage of the population than um, just we people in this rather enlightened valley. I hope there's a, a, a large awakening and shedding of the scales <laughs> from our eyes and really looking at what's going on and thinking like, whoa, things got really messed up with this pandemic, but this is just the crisis that made us see a, a, a whole long line of things being messed up. Yes. And I, I, and it's not just, no, the, the Valley, I think um, it's, it's the whole country who should look at uh, ways of recreating made in America. You know, um, I remember the first uh, moldings that I got like maybe 15 years ago that said made in China in the back. I actually threw them away and I threw the samples away. Um, but after a while, it was like 50, 60, 70% of all the moldings that I sell, I actually uh, all made by by cheap workers in China, and even though my suppliers are local. And now they can't get supplies, or they couldn't for a while. They can again. Um, but, the, the, but the whole chain, the supply chain was just um, gone for a while. And you know, so I hope some of these companies will go back to, to producing local material. And it's true in every branch of the, of the economy. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. All across the boards. I won't, I won't buy fast fashion. I won't shop, shop Target or H&M or any of that. I'll, I'll thrift store or do something more sustainable, but I won't do fast fashion because mm -hmm. of the same thing. I, I think with the vulner, vulnerabilities that are being shown in disruptions in chain, um, we're being becoming very aware that we've really neglected in America, and this isn't new news to anybody. I'm not some sort of like amazing analyst here. It's 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 been thoroughly discussed that we need to have local manufacturing much stronger again. It's it's become very obvious that the vulnerabilities, if the international supply chain breaks down like it has, even if it's been momentary through this, we become very, very vulnerable. And every country becomes vulnerable because of the the dependency that we've grown, you know, internationally on each other. So certain countries can't get one thing, other country can't get something else. And that can have a crushing effect and is having all the medical supplies that we had to import from China. Yeah, it's a perfect example. We need to be ma making stuff here and not to the exclusion of importing things from other countries, of course, but but have the infrastructure and the manufacturing in place that it, we're at least doing it. it, it, it it's vital that we, we rethink all of this. And what v Vincent was saying about, you know, the sort of the, the economy of like, it's cheaper to ship chickens to China, including the petroleum and the labor and all of that, then actually processing the chickens here is crazy. It's insane. Yeah. And if we, if we, if we were to do it here, sure, we would have to pay our workers, you know, for what it's worth, the minimum wage, at least to do it. 
but we wouldn't be using the petroleum. We'd be keeping the supply chain, you know, local or at least national. And that's a safer place to be. Also, if we paid people here, they could afford to buy their own chicken. They could afford to buy, yeah, you know, well, this is now getting into, you know, into sort of, you know, global financial politics and, and you know, should we have a you know minimum minimum living wage, which I don't believe we do. No, we don't. Uh, minimum wage is a joke. You you can't you can't pay rent on minimum wage around here. I mean anywhere in this country. Um, to to a two income household trying to to live on minimum wage is is, is still barely probably barely manageable. But see, a minimum wage is paid by um you know, the extraction of wealth, right? Like, like that's why that exists, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's very clear. Um, but if we're all on equal footing, right? So, so the farmer raises the chickens, I butcher the chickens and, y- and you buy the chickens um, and we're all kind of on a, on a level field there, right? And then you're, you're creating the, the records that the farmer gets to listen to while he's raising the chickens. You know what I mean? Like it becomes mm-hmm. a, um, and it's not a pie in the sky thing. Like it, it's, it's, it's just day to day living as opposed to somehow kind of like capitalizing, you know, on exactly. On, it doesn't have to be anything radical either. It's, it's yeah. not, a, it's not a huge paradigm shift for us to go from where we are now. And I'm not begrudging, by the way, I'm not begrudging any employers who are in a position where they can't pay more than minimum wage. If they can't pay more than minimum wage, that okay, you know, maybe there's some stuff that could be looked at in their business model, but I am far, far from the person to do the criticizing. I want that to be very clear. I'm not going to criticize any employer on that basis because it, I don't know their business, and I got to tell you, you know, that's I'm not going to go there. I, I'm not, I'm not the person to to respond to that. But if we could get into a position where very, very easily that wage could, on average, go up. Couldn't we all, again, afford better food and have better health because of it? Couldn't we afford to just maybe not be sweating like we are? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think now, and this is this is actually gets. I'm coming back to the point is that now we're noticing in a in a time of crisis that this stuff is becoming important. I think like oh, we have to really start thinking about this. Like yesterday. I think a little bit of it too, though, is just kind of forcing the hand. Like I, I think about, um, you know, my my vision was always that um, people came and they bought their meat from me and then they went home and they cooked it, right? And, you know, they might get some advice from me or some pointers or or I might do the actual labor of, of, of you know, pounding their chicken breasts or whatever it is. But ultimately, um, but the fact of it is that people – People eat out a lot, right? And and what this what this has shown people um, is that uh, well, maybe they don't have to eat out so much. You know what I mean? And they can afford a good quality product, you know, in lieu of somebody else cooking their food for them, right? Mm. Um, and then the second thing that I think is is a real fact is that people. Um, people may be consuming art, but they're not consuming plastic crap, right? Like they can't really go to the target and just buy 
garbage, you know, like that they don't really need um, or, or, you know, like shopping is sometimes just an entertainment in and of itself, you know, and I'm not talking shopping mm. of like strolling down Cottage Street and going to the big red frame and, you know, having having some nice art framed or, or, or buying a book. Gallery. Yeah, yeah. And buying yeah. a piece of art or, or, or this. What I'm talking about is this kind of this consumption that is almost like if I'm not consuming, if I'm not buying two cups of coffee from someone else a day, if I'm not going to the dollar store and buying, you know, whatever it is, you know, and, and people are not spending their money on that. And so they have, they, they, they want to spend their money. Right. So they spend it on, on, on good quality stuff, as opposed to all these trinkets and all the gasoline it takes to go over to the BJs or to the, you know, and so I think it, 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 it just has refocused people. And I, I don't have any illusions that like the majority of people will suddenly have an epiphany, but maybe just a few will. Right. And that builds on itself. Mm. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Hopefully yep. so. We've touched on a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, I, I think I didn't I didn't get to hear from you, JP, what what attracted you to Purple Flame, why you were interested in joining Mark and me and Josh and Jason and and a whole host of other one lovely yeah, so as I mentioned, I was a little slow getting into the the group because, first of all, I was uh, still very busy at work, so I didn't feel like the, the urgency. Of course. Uh, what attracted me to it was the the variety of of businesses that were involved in, and also because of of this um, physical distancing. Um, there was this kind of bond that that we created through this group uh, that yes. sort of made me feel connected. Yes, I love that, and I I think the the fundraising effort is just it just shows the bond that's already there because I think so many of us already feel the ways that we're interconnected just as we go through making things happen in this community. I know at a Cirque, I'll have a charcuterie plate from Vincent. I'll have been able to print the issue that's going out. Thanks in part to your ad in it. I'll have guests come who report having eaten out at local restaurants. And there's just this whole, there's many layers of symbiosis. Yeah. So actually I wanted to, I wanted to comment on on something Vincent said is that, yeah. Okay. So it's very, very good that maybe people are becoming more aware that you can make good food and have like really good food at home. I'm, I'm spoiled because Elizabeth is, is such an excellent cook and we do eat from, whole ingredients all the time. Uh, so I understand that that no is a choice allergies. Well, there's that too, <laughs> but I understand that, that, that indeed is, is, is possible. And actually I'm not a terrible cook myself, but I'm, I don't hold a candle to what she does. But I also do, do want to mention that, that just as a side notice that we have some really, really lovely restaurants in the area and Boy, they can be good. <laughs> I just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out. It just, just I miss yeah, it's 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 we actually kind of I mean, you know, I know North, Northampton has got it's it's I'm not slagging on Northampton, but they've got you know, they got their rotation for being such a restaurant town. But boy, we've got some good stuff in East Hampton. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
so I'm going to be a little noisy. My soup is done, so I need to turn Okay. Well, I think we were just about ready to wrap this up. I think, um, yeah. was there anything else you guys wanted to add into this conversation? And thanks so much for doing this. Uh, thanks for just being a part of this. Well, thank you for organizing it. I like to end up these coronavirus talks by asking people if you have a favorite hand-washing song or Vincent, you've got little kids around the house. Have you taught them a, a, a hand-washing song to make sure they do it for the full 20 seconds? Um, so I learned this long before I got into food service and you know, that the 20 seconds was the goal or whatever. Um, but, uh, I just sing my ABCs. There you go. Okay. I don't do anything because, you know, by the time you're done, I mean, I clean every finger between the finger and all the fingernails and, and no, so by the time I'm done, it's probably a minute. So, um, I don't need to sing anything (laughs) (laughs) because there's just so many places to get anyway. Yeah. I've just been sticking with, Ramones, I want to be sedated. First two verses. Does it for me every time. <laughs> for me, it's whatever earworm I happen to wake up with, or if I'm taking a break from mixing something or mastering something, it's usually just like the verse the verse and chorus of like the song I'm working on just stuck in my head. So, um I, I wish I had something more clever this time around to add, but it's just been that like whatever I'm working on. I have one more thing to say to Vincent. Yes, please. Uh, yes. Vincent, I'm vegetarian, and um, I've been extremely tempted to to break the, my own rules uh, ever since you opened your store. Um, <laughs> and I think I will now that we chatted for an hour together. So you can see me. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. You know, I... I um... I love. Um, I think that the uh, vegetarian effort is an, is 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 fantastic. I've been in there two times in my life, and um, all I would have to say is, uh, you know, it's it's not an all or nothing proposition, right? You can exactly. um, you can you can live mostly vegetar- vegetable, you know, vegetable based uh, diet, and and still be compassionate and ethical in your eating, you know. And uh, meat is, is actually yes. uh, raised raised correctly. Um, the choice between, you know, like when I became vegetarian, the choice was either no meat or badly raised meat, right? There was no in-between. Right. Yeah, and, right. you know, in this valley and in a lot of places and particularly here, um, you you can have it both ways, right? You can eat sustainably, um, you know, beef raised on pasture is actually a carbon sink, you know, so you can, it's um, a great thing. And it's very nutrient dense. It's very efficient way in a cold climate to, um, you know, to, uh, ensure nutrition and, and calories. So anyway, that's my little thing. Uh, so we would love to have you and you can come into my shop and you don't have to buy a full chicken or, a you know, a, a, a family pack of steaks. No, no, I will, I will, I will definitely be on the light side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can get a little piece, and nobody's going to look at you, you know, funny or anything like that. That's the idea of a butcher: is that if you want, if you want, yeah. uh, 
you know, a little sausage, get a little sausage. It's fine. Corsello's, the non-judgmental butcher. You heard it here. <laughs> no, I agree with Michael Pollan. You should have a t-shirt. I'm an ex-vegetarian. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the last vegetarian and the non-judgmental butcher come together on one podcast. How often does this occur? I have to ask you all. Oh, we're going to get an email for this. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's about time we got them. So, yeah, I, I agree with Michael Pollan. Um, I, I hope I hope I'm quoting verbatim. It said, "Eat what you like, as long as you make it yours. Eat what you like, mostly vegetables, and make it yourself." Right. Is that right. it? It's something like that. And it's it? something like that. Sorry, yeah. Michael Pollan. And use and use good ingredients. I'm sure it was Michael some, Pollan. Some you can sentiment. come on the podcast and correct me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say good night. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank both. you very much for having us and having me. I really, I feel honored and I'm grateful. I was honored to be able to participate. Agree. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It's our pleasure. I, I would like to ask you all before we sign off, just for for closing, uh, where people can find you on oh, the yes. social media. And, and self-promotion, all, all sorts. Tell us what you're up to. So you can find me. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Corsello Butcheria. I have a website which is ever-expanding and ever-increasing content, uh, both for in the area of recipes and uh, entertainment and um, products available online, at uh, and that's CorselloButcheria.com. Thank you. Thank you. Super. And you can find um, me at Instagram and uh, Facebook at um, Big Red Frame. And my personal page is probably more interesting these days. It's uh, my full name, Jean-Pierre Pache. And mm -hmm. I also have a website, BigRedFrame.com. Great. Fantastic. So everyone go check those all out. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Good night. Have a great Stay night. Safe. Stay Bye -bye. safe. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. And now, December Boy.
out my window Trying to go real slow Feel myself sinking real low Once again Lost myself I lost myself again When you hold me I forget I forget that you're gone
let's make the most of it Now when I wouldn't run 
fair It doesn't really work that way I wouldn't promise my whole world to you I wouldn't promise my whole world to you I wouldn't promise my whole world Yeah. 
this all goes away Bring a slow to my hurry Cast is produced by Elizabeth McDuffie and Meet for Tea, The Valley Review. Mixed by Mark Allen Miller at Zone Lab, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Visit Meet for Tea at www.meetfortea.com. Please consider going to anchor.fm to make a contribution through our contribution page. You can reach us through meetforteacast at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash meetforteacast. We welcome suggestions for contents for the Meat for Tea cast. If you've attended a Meat for Tea Cirque and want to hear from one of the bands or one of the spoken word contributors, please let us know. All portions are copyright Meat for Tea and their respective holders. Vote for Meat for Tea on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Elizabeth, Meat for Tea on Instagram and on the Meat for Tea and Meat for Tea cast Facebook pages. Meat for Tea is available everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.